0: Today we discuss the impact of all the no-trade clauses that Lou Lamarello has given players. Plus, we preview William Dufour's season ahead and his prospects as an NHL player. All that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they drop, and you can also hear us now on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked On Islanders. Lots to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, send us an email to lockedonislanders@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We're going to keep you up to date on all things Islanders throughout the remainder of the off season, Hirings, firings, trade rumors, free agency, contract negotiations, If it's happening to the New York Islanders, we will have it covered for you here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today, I wanted to start off the show discussing something that I think is one of the many reasons that people are critical of Lou Lamorello, and not all people. And we will discuss on Wednesday's show uh, some fans who support the way lou lamorello has built this team and we'll have some emails so feel free to to if you do support lou feel free to email me and discuss that so uh, i can include your comments on the upcoming show but realistically a lot of fans critical of lou lamorello and it is understandable because if you look at this roster And, again, the Islanders presently have, what is it, uh, 23 players under contract at the NHL level, 24. If you add Oliver Wallstrom, and you may have to add Zach Parise if he decides not to retire and to come back. But out of the 23 players that you now have listed as (coughs) being under contract to the New York Islanders, 10 of them have either modified no-trade clauses or complete no-trade clauses. And that is a pretty big list of players. And what it does, really, is it makes it difficult to move on from some of these players who this team may want to try to trade... And may want to, uh, you know, free. You want to free up some cap space. Find one of the players who is older and maybe overpaid based on their present production. You want to trade them away. You really will have difficulty doing that uh, if you have a, a modified or full no-trade clause for these players. And look. I understand the reasoning behind giving some of these players no-trade clauses. And, you know, you look at a guy like Scott Mayfield or Pierre Engvall, players who Lou Lamorello re-signed this offseason and, you know, was able to entice them to re-sign by giving them two things, really. It's either a modified or full no-trade clause and a longer-than-expected contract length. In exchange, they probably took a little less money than they could have gotten had they hit free agency and gone on the open market. So you look at three players who the Islanders re-signed this year, all of whom have some form of no-trade clause. You have Semyon Varlamov, who for the next... Two years has a full no-trade clause. And then for the two years after that, on his four-year extension for a 35-year-old backup goalie, he has a 16-team no-trade list. So for the next two years, the Islanders cannot move Semyon Varlamov unless he agrees. And then for the two years after that, half the rest of the league, he cannot be traded to. Scott Mayfield has a... Full no-trade clause through the end of the 2026-2027 season. And then for the rest of his deal, we'll have a 16-team no-trade clause. That'll carry him through till the 2029-2030 season. And again, you know, with Scott Mayfield, he'll be earning, uh, uh, you know, he'll have that cap hit of $3.5 million. But he's also 30 right now and will be in his you know, mid to late 30s in the last few years of this contract, again, you're going to need his permission to move on if you choose to deal him and things are not working out. And it does make it more difficult. So, you know, you you kind of question the, the wisdom of giving so many players either a no-trade clause or a modified no trade clause. Uh, I mean, right now, you have, for example, J.G. Pajot, who has been rumored to be part of different potential trades that the Islanders have made. He's earning $5 million a year, probably considered a bit overpaid for a third line center who is, you know, producing 15 goals a year at this point on average. But again, he has that. Modified no-trade clause where 16 teams he cannot be dealt to. Same thing with Kyle Palmieri. Earning $5 million a year, probably a little bit overpaid considering the number of injuries he has. That modified no-trade clause for the 32-year-old Palmieri ends up making it more difficult for the Islanders to move on from some of these players. And, you know, again, Anders Lee earning $7 million a year has three years left on his contract. He's 33. Again, every day, as you know, we debated uh, earlier, you know, in August, we debated whether or not Anders Lee is slowing down because of age or whether he just had a late season slump last year. If it is indeed just a late-season slump, then it's not as bad. But if he is indeed slowing down, it's hard enough to get another team to try to take a 33-, 34-, 35-year-old player with a $7 million-a-year salary. But having a no-trade clause involved makes it even more difficult. So, clearly, you know having these no trade clauses or modified no trade clauses when you're trying to move players out for salary reasons it becomes more difficult and i don't think i have big criticisms with any one no trade clause that lula Morello gave out i think it makes a certain amount of sense that you know again you want to bring in these players re-sign them You give them that as an enticement. I think the problem is that by having 10 players on your roster, now remember, only 18 players dress for a game, but to have 10 players on your roster with either a no-trade clause or a modified no-trade clause, that cumulatively makes it more difficult to make trades, to unload salary, for the team to get younger. And I think that, again, looking at any individual move, you don't have as big of a problem with it. It's the same thing with trading away the first-round draft picks. You trade away a first-round draft pick and you acquire Bo Horvat or Alexander Romanov. Those deals make a certain amount of sense. But when you end up trading away four first-round draft picks in a row, the pattern sets a bad precedent and creates a vacuum in your in your prospects and picks that you need to make trades same thing with the no trade clauses giving any one of these players or any three of these players no trade clauses is fine but when you get up to 10 you make it more difficult to make moves and that creates problems for the New York Islanders all right we have got More to get to on today's show. The Bridgeport Islanders bringing in some new assistant coaches, bringing in another veteran player. We'll have all of that covered for you. Plus, William Dufour and his future with the team, how he looks as a prospect. We'll have all of that and more coming up next on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1. It's a product that I literally use every day. And AG1 is a daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I take it every morning before I head out. It gives me a little bit of extra energy and really makes me feel better before I start my day. And look, AG1 has the ability to just make you feel better because it has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens that help you start your day right. And it supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. So, all of those benefits. So, if a comprehensive health solution is what you're looking for from your supplemental routine, then try AG1. Right now, you'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. So the Islanders in Bridgeport, kind of busy over the last few days. And I, I think overall that is good news. And uh, one of them a familiar face, in fact, a player who we had as our Islanders' birthday of the day not that long ago. The Islanders in Bridgeport short one forward on their roster. And they add a former Islander uh, to their roster, adding Tanner Fritz on a one-year deal. Fritz was with the Islanders organization dating all the way back to 2015. 2016, and, you know, Fritz, he has been around, let's put it that way, during the course of his professional hockey career. The Islanders, his only NHL stop, uh, playing 42 games for the Isles, big club in 2017, 2018, and 2018, 2019, was in the Islander organization From 2015 to 2020, 2021, spent the last two years with the Hartford Wolfpack, that's the Rangers AHL affiliate, last year, 10 goals, 43 points in 67 games. So Fritz, uh, 5'11", 192 pounds. In the NHL, he's kind of a fourth-line kind of guy, but he can give you, uh, you know, second- or third-line minutes, more likely third line minutes in the AHL, but he will give Bridgeport some experience and, uh, you know, the ability to just add a little mentoring and veteran presence in that lineup. And and let's face it, that is always something you want uh, on your AHL roster when you're trying to make that balance between, yeah, we're going to win a lot of games and we're going to develop our younger players. I think the emphasis is always on development, but at the same time, you want to win, and having some veterans sprinkled into that lineup, like a Tanner Fritz, who really is, again, one of those players who can fill in at the NHL level for a few games without hurting your team significantly if somebody gets hurt, but is more or less at this point a career AHL kind of a guy. So Tanner Fritz back with the Islanders, and that is good news certainly for him. And it should, again, give Bridgeport a little bit more, uh, a little bit more experience and depth in their lineup. Meanwhile, Bridgeport also making a couple of moves on the coaching front. Now, we know that Bridgeport has a new head coach, and Rick Kowalski, who was an assistant last year, well, he actually named two new assistants in Matt McDonald and Pascal Raoul. Now, McDonald uh, played at St. Lawrence University, went on to play in the Central Hockey League for one season, then a couple of seasons in the uh, ECHL and the AHL, also played in Italy and Denmark, before retiring but then became an assistant coach with the cincinnati cyclones and uh then was a head coach there for four seasons made the playoffs twice and was an assistant in the ahl with the grand rapids griffins up until last year rayon meanwhile Uh, Played in 318 games over parts of nine seasons for the Devils, Blues, Blackhawks, Atlanta Thrashers, Rangers, and Coyotes. And won a Stanley Cup in 2003. And uh, basically retired after the 2010 season. Spent eight years coaching in juniors. One year with the uh, the Iowa Wild of the AHL and also coached uh, in the ECHL as well. So, again, he has been busy. He had been both the head coach and GM, uh, and then basically relinquished that opportunity in juniors to go on and get this opportunity with the Bridgeport Islanders of the AHL, so moving up from juniors to the highest minor league right now in uh you know the highest minor league league in north america now his sister is manon rayom who played in two preseason games as the first female goaltender in nhl history with the tampa bay lightning back in 1992 and 93 so if the last name sounds familiar that would be why but now bridgeport has filled its assistant coaching positions for the coming season. And again, training camp not that far away for either the Bridgeport Islanders or the New York Islanders. And look, I guess the question that's going through my mind right now and I think a lot of other Islanders fans is the last time Lou Lamorello spoke to the media, and it's been a little while, he indicated that it is uh, that no decisions had been made as far as the NHL Islanders assistant coaching situation was concerned. Well, since then, we have still not heard anything new as to whether or not the assistant coaches are returning. And I guess most people are still focusing on John McClain, who was running the power play uh, for the Islanders. And we know how badly the power play struggled. I still think that that struggle is a combination of a lack of elite power play players and bad coaching strategy. And I've broken down every day, as you know, I've broken down some of the things that this team needed to do differently uh, on the power play. And yet we have yet to see that. So positive, we have filled the coaching positions For the Bridgeport Islanders, the assistant coaching positions. Negative, we still don't know what's happening with the NHL Islanders' assistant coaching positions. But with training camp just a couple of weeks away, it looks more and more like, just like the Islanders brought back the same players from last year almost exclusively, they are going to bring back the same assistant coaches as last year and hope for different results. I will say this. If John McClain is back and no other assistant coaches are hired to help run the power play, you've got to hope that the New York Islanders have McClain on a short leash, that if this power play gets off to a slow and disappointing start this year, that at some point the Islanders make changes and bring in a power play expert. And we've heard... You know, I've heard from numerous listeners and viewers talking about, you know, different players. Rob Schremp, they could bring in. They could, you know, uh, have, uh, you know, other guys come in who are former players, maybe Josh Bailey, maybe Johnny Boychuk, and have them all help with coaching the power play. (coughs) But at this point, still no changes. And uh, we have to see what, if anything, the Islanders do. When we come back, we will discuss William Dufour, one of the top prospects in the Islanders' system, what his skill set is, what his timetable is to join the Islanders, and uh, what his future looks like. Plus, our Islanders' birthday of the day, one of the most popular Islanders players from their first two seasons, who had a very difficult life after hockey. Let's see if you can guess who that is. All that and more coming up on today's Locked on Islanders podcast. So we continue our player-by-player look at some of the Islanders' top prospects today, and we discuss William Dufour, who the Hockey News has listed as the top prospect in the Islanders system and the 94th, prospect overall in their future watch issue, which, of course, comes out, what, in like February or March during the regular season. So, uh, you know, this is uh, after the Atu-Ratu trade, so after the Islanders traded away, Anthony Bevilier and Atu-Ratu to get Bo Horvat, but again, the offseason and whatever changes happened after that. Well, that's not included in the Hockey News analysis. But the Hockey News still high on Dufour, projecting him to be NHL-ready in 2024-2025. The Athletic basically only projects him as someone who can play NHL games. And I guess the two, well, the three areas that are concerning to the Athletics scouts. Skating. Hockey Sense, and Compete Level, all listed as below NHL average. His puck skills listed as NHL average, but his shot is considered high-end. Now, Dufour is 6'2", 215, so he has the, the build of someone who could be a power forward. He basically had a successful first season at the AHL level last year with 21 goals and 48 points in 69 games. He was a minus 13 uh, and added 51 penalty minutes. Did make his NHL debut for the Islanders against Boston. Struggled in, uh, you know, about six or seven minutes of ice time and then was benched for the rest of the game in what was sort of an inauspicious debut for William Dufour. But overall, Dufour, you know, again... Has to be able to improve the skating and get, a you know, maybe a little bit more involved in seeing the ice in order to get himself to the next level. But again, that shot is a great weapon, something the Islanders could definitely use in their lineup. And it just becomes a question of whether or not he is ready this year or next year, or if he's never ready to take that next jump because of the skating and the hockey sense uh, as being issues. And again, what he does without the puck, always an issue for the New York Islanders. The hope is that he gets a long look in training camp, and even if he doesn't make the opening night roster and barring an outstanding training camp, I don't believe he will, you have to think that it would be important for Dufour to get more than one six-minute, seven-minute game, uh, you know, or more than one game with six or seven minutes worth of ice time. At some point this season, if he continues to play well at the AHL level and when injuries inevitably do hit some of the Islanders' forwards, you really want to see Dufour or Maggio uh, as one of the first guys the Islanders would call up. And hopefully that will be the case, and he will get a chance to prove what he can do. Coming up, now time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And, well, Sunday would have been the 74th birthday of former Islanders forward Brian Spinner Spencer. Spencer made his NHL debut with the Maple Leafs, who drafted him in the fifth round back in 1969, made his NHL debut in the 69-70 season, and then joined the Islanders in their first year of 72-73. They selected him in the expansion draft, and I would say that first season when the Islanders only won 12 out of 78 games, Spencer was one of the most popular players, if not the most popular player, on the team, scored 14 goals, 38 points in 78 games, played in them in the mall, was a minus 47, which is not awful when you look at the Islanders, you know, 12 wins in 78 games, had 90 penalty minutes, spent most of the following season with the Isles, 54 games, but only five goals and 21 points, and then was traded to Buffalo, was part of the team for the Sabres that went to the Stanley Cup final in 1975. Then went on to play for Pittsburgh, but his NHL career over by the 78-79 season and his uh, pro hockey career over by the 79-80 season after he played for both the Springfield Indians and Hershey Bears of the AHL. But in his NHL career, 80 goals, 223 points and in 553 NHL games. He was a solid player, loved to hit. Could score the odd goal, but his problems were off the ice, unfortunately. He got into some trouble with drinking and with drugs uh, and ended up, unfortunately, dying at a very young age. Uh, Died back on June 3rd, 1988 at the age of 38 and uh, just a tragic life after hockey for Brian Spinner Spencer. We go back and look at one of his better games with the Isles. March 20th, 1973 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. The old California Golden Seals are the visitors. Joe Malash in goal against Jerry Desjardins for the New York Islanders. And in this game, Brian Spencer scores in the first period to give the Islanders a 2-1 lead that uh, they would hold on to until the third period, but in the end he also ends up assisting on the game-winning goal by Craig Cameron. Midway through the third, Islanders end up beating the Seals by a score of 6-3 to three. for Spinner Spencer. He had a goal and an assist. He was a plus 3, had 2 penalty minutes, and had 3 shots on goal. Billy Harris had 2 goals in this game, and Bob Cook also had a goal and an assist for the Islanders. But Brian Spinner Spencer, who had a tragic life off the ice, but was one of the Islanders' most popular players during his tenure here on the ice, he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Again, every dayers, on Wednesday, when we return, we will talk about uh, some of the reasons that fans are still supporting Lou Lamarello and we'll have the latest Islanders news notes and happenings and just to give everyone an idea training camp now just a couple of weeks away and uh, two weeks from now we will go back to our full five day a week schedule which will continue all the way through free agency and probably the middle of July of next year so uh, make sure you mark your calendars for that. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Enjoy Labor Day. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.